Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. I just tell you this. We are going to be a much finer party, a much, we're going to be a unified party. I mean, to be honest with you, and we are going to be a much bigger party. And you can see that happening. We're going to be a much bigger party. Our party is expanding. And all you have to do is take a look at the primary states where I've won. So I think we're going to be more inclusive. I think we're going to be more unified. And I think we're going to be a much bigger party. Well, there's Donald Trump last night declaring himself the unifier of the Republican Party. He says wins in diverse states like Massachusetts and Alabama prove that. It's time, he says, for everyone to jump on board the Trump train. Please Welcome to Trump Train's newest conductor, Bill Crystal of the Weekly Standard. Bill, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Do you get a hat with that when they make you a yeah. Trump Train conductor? Do like you get a hat? I'm putting up all the obstacles on the railroad tracks and <laughs> diverting them into the ocean. I don't know, whatever the metaphor would be, but I'm doing my best. Yeah, I mean, Trump has, I mean, I don't know if Trump has done this. The Republican turnout has been huge. It looks like it could be the biggest um, primary. It could be competitive with like Obama Clinton in 2008 if the you know, if the race goes on to the end, uh, and that's good. And Trump has brought some people into the party. But 65% of the people who voted so far have not voted for Donald Trump. So, you know, if we follow the will of the voters, he's getting, I mean, Trump has 35% of the vote about and 47% of the delegates. So, of course, he's winning. He's done better than anyone else. But the notion that, you know, the voters are just, you know, flooding to him and, and to oppose him is to stand in the way of, 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 of the people of America. That's just not true empirically. But when you look at the percentages he's getting in these states, though, as of last night, Bill, I mean, uh, Massachusetts, 49 percent of the vote uh, in Alabama. I think it was 43, 44 percent of the vote. I mean, that's that's plurality edging up into super plurality. No, it is. Look, he's doing well. But, I, you know, for every state that he's in the 40s in, there are states that he got 31 percent or or, or less than, and, and he won three, He won seven of 11 states, and three of the ones he won, he won by less than 3%. So, look, he's doing well. He's he's probably going to be the nominee. But, again, it's not like Hillary Clinton and Sanders. I mean, I, the media is just conflating those two in a really ridiculous way. Hillary Clinton is winning an absolute majority of the vote in the delegates, and a comfortable majority at this point, and it's hard to see how she stopped, you know, absent an indictment or something like that. Uh, that's really not true of Trump, and you could easily go to the convention. I did some back-of-the-envelope math this morning, just kind of projecting current kind of returns. Now, probably wouldn't stay stable. There probably would be a, a snowball one way or the other, but if you had current returns, you know, Trump could go to the convention with 42% of the delegates or something. Now, what happens then? That's kind of complicated. Would the party, would the other delegates not yield in a way to the person with the plurality? That's a fair question, but maybe not to Trump, incidentally. So, but then what would the Trump delegates do? I mean, it's going to be a mess. Let's not kid ourselves either way on the Republican side. But I think this, uh, I think the Trump inevitability is way overdone. I did Morning Joe this morning. And I mean, the media, parts of the media, both the pro-Trump media and I'd say the liberal media, both want to embrace, and then the media in general, because they want to seem sophisticated, everyone wants to embrace the notion that it's over. You know, don't you know anything? Right. I mean, you know, come on, you know, he's won all these states. <laughs> and, you say, and you say a fact, like, you know, he's gotten 35% out of the vote so far, and people get all upset at you if you just said something, uh, you know, impolite. Uh, we're talking to Bill Crystal with the weekly editor of the Weekly Standard Magazine. I'm broadcasting from your beautiful new podcast room, by the way, Bill. It's gorgeous here. I, well, I love you. it. Glad I'm, just... I'm glad you're enjoying it. They're treating you well, I hope. Giving you oh, they're treating me fine. Apparently, coffee from downstairs, you know. Yeah. Well, apparently the morning masseuse only works for you and Fred Barnes. So yeah, I was unable well. to log any time, but I'm kind of bummed. But anyway, no. But, but um, there it is. Isn't there, though, 
not just a thread of desperation in the anti-Trump movement, of which I'm a proud member, but rather a, a, a flood of desperation. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Rubio last night saying, I'm on the way up and Trump's on the way down. Even if you can somehow finagle the numbers to make that work, it just – I think it strikes the typical voter as, as, as desperate and unrealistic. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a mistake for these candidates to get – to play strategist or analyst and start going on. I mean, Rubio, I thought, was crazy in his, uh, at least the interview I saw, I was on the set at ABC, so with Stephanopoulos, George Stephanopoulos, where he went on and on about how well Trump, ex- as Cruz, expected to do better on Super Tuesday, but he didn't do as well mm-hmm. as he expected to do and once said he would do. A, who cares what Cruz once said he would do? Right. And B, why is he attacking Cruz? At this point, they have a common interest in, in stopping Trump. The only way Trump will get stopped, I think, is de facto if uh, Trump, if Cruz and Kasich let Rubio fight Florida, his his home state against Trump, probably if the others let Kasich fight Ohio against Trump, they don't get off the ballot, but they don't do any campaigning there. Right. And then everyone goes to the proportional states where they don't really hurt each other much, except for a couple of little threshold issues, but basically the, the vote gets proportional. So it's actually kind of in all their interest now to do, you know, for, for, for Rubio to focus on Florida, the huge hall of winner-take-all delegates, for Kasich to focus on Ohio, his only real chance at a significant number of delegates, and for Cruz to focus not on Florida and Ohio, neither of which he's at all likely to win, and since they're winner-take-all, what's the point of wasting time or money campaigning or, or putting ads up there, and go to the, uh, the many, many proportional states that are voting on Saturday and Tuesday, and then again the Tuesday the 15th, uh, and try to get, you know, get as many delegates as possible there. So I actually think... But again, they're so like this is the problem with these candidates, and you've been you've done this too, Michael. I mean, you've, you've been with them, but you know they get they're in their head like, oh, I'm competing with Cruz. I should begin my my interview on national television by attacking Cruz. It's totally pointless right. that Rubio do that. And Cruz also calling on the others to drop out. Nothing, none of, that's not going to happen for the next two weeks. It probably shouldn't happen from the point of view of the anti-Trump uh, effort. So we will see, and then we'll see if all these if if a lot of money really does flood in, and if ads pointing out various aspects of Trump's record, personality, character, positions make a difference or not. I mean, the conventional wisdom is he's somehow impervious to normal advertising assaults. He may be, uh, but he may not be. Two things. One is I want to make sure that we're that everyone understood what you just said and that I do, too, that we've gone from everybody needs to drop out except candidate of choice to everybody needs to stay in and keep pulling the delegates out because the goal now is simple avoid 1237 for trump that's the goal the goal is not anyone else to win it the goal is to just stop trump from getting to the convention with the delegates he needs i think at least for the next two weeks at least through the 15th because i think you need to deprive trump of if possible, Florida and Ohio. And it would seem the best way to do that is for Rubio and Kasich to stay in, but they're running third and fourth, you know, and Chris exactly. is out is running second. <laughs> so, yes, for two weeks, I'm in the everyone stay in and uh, campaign intelligently right. camp. And then I want you, to, if you wouldn't mind, uh, for a person who says, look, I'm not that political. I'm not like Michael Graham sitting around there reading the Weekly Standard and all that stuff. I just, I'm just frustrated with where America is. My, I'm working harder than I was 10 years ago and I'm making less money. You know, America is obviously being embarrassed around the world. You can't deny that. Trump is strong. Maybe, you know, he's a little kooky, whatever, but why do these people, why are they so anti-Trump? They weren't this anti-Romney, McCain, Santorum. I've never seen these people so anti a guy before. Bill Crystal, why are people so anti-Trump? Well, because Trump really doesn't, in my opinion, have the character or judgment or temperament to be president. I'd say nothing of some of his bad uh, policy positions, which I think would hurt the struggling working class guy you're talking about, like protectionism and 
and other such things. Um, but I, you know, I was a skeptic of Romney. I was a skeptic of Bush in 2000, for that matter. But I, I look, I, people are understandably frustrated, but they need to step back just as they would in their personal life. You can be very unhappy with, I don't know, your bank account that's getting 1% interest. And you think that's pretty crummy, and it is pretty crummy. But be careful before you give your money to some uh, Charlotte broker promises you a better return and promptly loses 20% of your money. I really think that's the analogy that's true about Trump. So in other words, it can always get worse. And as bad worse. as it this is, country, Trump look is at this worse. Country. It's not like, you know, right? people are overdoing, like, you know, the country isn't in that horrible shape. The Republican Party isn't that terrible. The last Republican <laughs> president, you know, I mean, we have done a few things in the last 30, 40 years that are sort of admirable in this country. People are living decent lives. Uh, they can do a lot better with good policies. Uh, Trump hasn't really expressed so much interest in those policies, I would say. Actually, I think one thing the other candidates could do is do much more laying out of those policies in a way they've been so spooked by Trump and the fact right. that, you know, it's not a policy-heavy campaign that they've forgotten that one way to beat Trump is to say, wait a second, what about some policies? Yeah, for example, um, and I, I don't want to sound like a shill for Rubio, but, you know, Rubio's uh, 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 weight of the of tax breaks on to families, so families really win, and his support for more earned income tax credits so that you, you in essence get a – a taxpayer check for working if you're on the low end of the scale. I mean, those are things that would have a direct impact on the lives of blue-collar working people. I can't remember ever hearing Rubio talking about it. Right. I mean, that's exactly right. So when Trump talks about, you know, getting in a trade war with China, people think, well, I don't know, maybe that'll work. But I agree. They actually have pretty good, you know, there are good replacement plans for Obamacare that would help everyone, including working class and middle class people. Tax plans. It's not easy, and some of these problems are big problems, and right. there's no magic solution to them. But yeah, I agree. They've sort of, in a way, got too scared of talking about policy because Trump never does. They didn't see the one way to convince voters not to be for Trump and say, wait a second, you know, these policies kind of matter. And if you care what your tax return looks like two years from now, uh, Cruz has a very simple, you know, postcard tax plan, uh, flat tax. I mean, I don't know if that's the right policy or not, but a lot of people, I think, might find that attractive too. One last question for you. Uh, it's a common sense reaction. Trump's winning everywhere. He's, you know, you've, as you pointed out, you've got turnout for the Republican primary right now that looks very similar to 2008 for the Democrats, a huge surge. If Trump's winning, 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 why do people keep saying he can't win in November, Bill Crystal? Well, I mean, the polls show he's weaker against Hillary Clinton right now that he loses almost every matchup and, the, and Rubio wins almost every matchup and Cruz wins most matchups. But I'm open. Look, I don't know. I'm against Trump. I think he shouldn't be president. I'm not, you know, dogmatically convinced that he would lose to Hillary Clinton in November. I think I think the odds of Trump winning are much less than for the others. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's certainly, you know, upset all the odds and upset all the normal calculations in the primary. Maybe you could do that in the general, though I do think with hundreds of millions of dollars of Democratic advertising and the media suddenly turning against him, an awful lot of swing voters and voters who haven't been paying that much attention will look up. And what they're going to hear about Donald Trump is going to make what they heard about Mitt Romney look you know, mild and uh, inoffensive by comparison. Uh, I just was I just loved watching the uh, presser last night with uh, that setup at that Florida resort with the pink and yellow curtains. I was waiting for the girls to come kicking out, you know, the high stepping ladies. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Trump, that's what we need. Uh, Bill Crystal, more showbiz.
that's his country club, isn't it? I think that's the country club <laughs> that is. he owns or something, or I don't know if he really owns, but he brands anyway. So, yeah, or maybe it's just even, yeah, I don't where he lives there, doesn't he? I'm a little confused about Trump's different properties and, and all the places that have Trump's uh, on the name. But um, <laughs> this one hasn't gone bankrupt yet, at least. Bill Crystal, thanks so much for joining us with your post-Super Tuesday analysis. We appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure, Michael.